Welcome back to another episode of Toys on Tap. This week, we are so excited to bring on Nim Studios. Nim Studios is a full-time artist that is doing incredible paintings and then also making Agent Jupiter. To get more of Toys on Tap, you can follow along on all socials at Toys on Tap. If you want to support the show, it's free to do to like, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get podcasts. And lastly, if you want to jump on that Patreon and support the show, we would love to have you. We got a couple little things in there for you. Now let's get to this episode of Toys on Tap. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Good morning. Good morning. What a, like this is an ideal way to start my day. So I'm stoked to be <laughs> up. That's awesome. Uh, I'm I'm excited that we got you on because you dabbled in like fine art as well and still do fine art. Yes, yes, I do. And hold on, let me turn down my fan just real quick. There we go. I can hear you better. Perfect. And so many of us don't do that. So it's cool to see someone that's doing the crossover between both. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fine artist still. So I do contemporary wildlife. Um, so I'm represented by two galleries um, in the United States. So I have to send artwork to them as much as I can. And then I'm making toys. So... God, it's so good. Uh, I want to talk about all of it. So before we get there, please introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. My name is uh, Jacob Koble. On uh, online, I'm named Nim Studios. That's pretty much everybody knows me as Nim now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why Nim Studios? Tell me about that name. <clears throat> um. You know, it's funny because a lot of a lot of people will make the uh, the assumption, you know, um, the secret of Nim, and they're actually right. Um, that was one of my favorite cartoons when I was younger. Was the secret of Nim, and I was like, "What a really cool name! What what should I do?" And so that's a little bit of it. But then I also have a character named Nim, and it it just kind of evolved and i just went i really like nim studios i was thinking of something like trying to be very original with my title name and and i was like you know if i had a street name what would it be you know <laughs> so it's it was kind of one of those like all three aspects of like if i was doing graffiti on the wall what would i sign what would be simple you know yeah. some simple name or or if i was you know, doing some sort of cartoons, what would I would what would I be doing? And also just trying to find a name that could be like an umbrella company to do multiple things. So it's not just stuck with one genre of stuff. So I'm glad you brought that up. I the I was gonna ask if it covers all your fine art stuff as well as your toys. <clears throat> um it doesn't. My fine okay. art is actually under my name. Um, on, on Instagram, my fine art is under Jacob L. Koval. So it's, it's my name. Um, so I wanted to have like a complete 
you know, separate thing that doesn't deal with galleries. That's just my stuff um, where I'm able to bring in paintings and, you know, toy making and stuff. So, yeah. And I mean, we keep um, saying the term fine art. Tell us exactly what you do. I've seen some of them. <laughs> And they're incredible. You've sent me a couple of pictures. I've been on that Instagram. Tell us how yeah. you got to that. Um, so I've been a wildlife artist for 20 years. Um, I I grew up all over the world. So I was, you know, surrounded by different cultures and stuff. So um, the way I paint my wildlife is I use Japanese brushes. Um, so traditional Japanese brushes, and I paint in the style of realism mixed with Sumi painting, which is the Japanese style of painting. And so the idea is that I don't sketch anything out. I full on paint by just, you know, motion and inspiration. So there's a lot of splatter movement. There, there's a ton of movement in it. Um and so I'll use, I know, I know this is video, but I'll use a brush like this. Yeah. And so um, I only use watercolor and black ink. And so I, <clears throat> it's basically, you know, wildlife art. So you're looking at different types of birds, um, lions, gorillas, you, you know, different animals. Um, and so I've been doing that for about 20 years. I'm um, just trying to fine tune, find my own style within that genre. And um, it was literally November, I decided to present a style that I've kept to myself for years. Yeah. And it what it's what landed me in galleries. Um, and I've been trying for 20 years to get into galleries. Yeah. And they, they say it's like 3% of people actually get into galleries. And so I presented that style and then I, I submitted to a second gallery. I got into that gallery and I just went, man, this, this is it. This is, this is the thing I, you know, love doing, but it, it took a lot of courage because I had my wife say, you know, you, you really need to show this and Anybody can paint a landscape. Honestly, if you if you go outside and you're painting and you're learning how to paint a landscape, anyone can paint a landscape. The way you paint a landscape is is your own perspective of that landscape. So it's you know, trying to find something within that to create as your own can can be very difficult because it's like okay, tons of people paint animals, but how do you make it your own? And that's that can be very difficult. It takes years and years of, of just trial and error and then just going, you know what? I really love doing it this way. So that was that's the most Bob Ross thing I've heard of like <laughs> go out the landscape. I love that. Um, I have a yeah. couple of questions about your style. Um, but before I do that, behind you, so you brought up this is a Japanese style, but behind you you have a what looks like a gorilla head and then is that an attack peter on next to i am yes so that's an original that's one of the original lino cuts of attack peter if i turned it there's another attack peter yeah 
and then there's a bigger attack Peter. Oh, so and then good. I'm actually wearing a tag Peter shirt. So I'm like a massive <laughs> fan. Yeah. Um, I actually am. I'm going to see Peter uh, this weekend. He's actually going to be in Dallas. So I'm driving up there to see him. I met him for the first time at designer con. Uh, like there's his Godzilla toy. Yeah. When that, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big fan. Like that's a Crayola piece by Crayola. So good. With his, uh, collectible they they only made 40 of these uh little raccoon crayola toys that's actually a spray can so they inspire me every day they're in my studio they're you know you got to have people who inspire you around you so that's oh that's yep. so good i love his art i love staring at it it's just there's something about it that it feels um man i don't know how to describe it it feels old but also yeah. so new and feels comic booky, but also so real and just so much going into it. It's it's so good. Like to to take that style of lino cut. Um, <clears throat> so printmaking's, if I think it's one of the oldest art forms in the world of art. Um, in China, it's been around since since the beginning. They did woodcuts, mm -hmm. and so <clears throat> to to see any evolution of that to where it's very comic book style you know very illustrative in in that sense of like fantasy type stuff and yeah. storytelling in that way because normally you see like medieval type of style or you see very um plants and um you know that type of thing very folk type of art mm -hmm. with lino cuts and so for him to do something like that I mean, it's, it's rad. He's, he's actually my favorite artist. So like, it's cool to actually be his friend and get advice from him and, and stuff. And it's amazing. Yeah. That is cool. Um, I want to ask you about your style. Um, you, you brushed over it a little bit, but finding your style is something that, um, I mean, some artists strive their whole lives to figure out what their style is, what their thing is. And so yep. for you to have found yours or to have found like your niche of what you do, how, right? Like how, like what does that mean for the artist that is still struggling right now to figure out who they are? A lot of my style, um, oh, I think it's in here. Is it? It is right here. Okay, so here you go. Yeah, for those listening, it's a gorilla, um, a dope gorilla painting, just incredible. So this painting I did for David Shepard's Wildlife Foundation. Yeah. I will find out in June if I became a finalist. Mm -hmm. um, everyone who submits into that, the money goes towards wildlife conservation. Okay. So... Dealing with my style, I grew up around a lot of Asian art. My my parents collected and still collect a lot of Asian antiquities. And so there was a ton of Asian-inspired art. Uh, my my great-grandfather was a watercolor artist, um, an absolutely stunning watercolor artist. Um 
his work influenced me. I never thought I would actually go into watercolor because I, I did oils. Oils, I, I, my brain moves too fast for oils. Like I, I want to get the painting done. So I switched to acrylics and then in the last six months, it's just been full on watercolor. Mm -hmm. Um, where that style came from was just childhood you know like really understanding yourself you you need to you need to you need to be confident in yourself and not worry about what other people think you need to stop thinking oh this person's not going to like this for who who cares do what you want to do that is my best advice I could give is just do what you want to do. Those who love your work will join in. You know, you've, you have to start building your village, you know, and your village is going to be very small, but in time with that confidence in your work, you're going to continue to build that village larger and larger, but also just understanding what you're good at. Mm -hmm. you, you actually need to like, I'm not good at portraiture. I, I really am not. I can draw a person, but I cannot paint a person. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just not something I'm into. But if you ask me to paint a bird, that is my bread and butter. So I started painting a lot of birds and I got really into how do I improve it? How do I improve it? always always study that is one thing i'm going to tell people is study every single day because that's how you're going to get better your style will evolve out of that just like say toy making or being an illustrator for kids books your style is going to come from childhood experiences and it's going to come from just being yourself and not being afraid to be yourself. That that is a major thing with a lot of artists is they're scared to show something because they're worried that it's going to be knocked down. Thing is with the art world, you're going to be knocked down. You're going to be critiqued. You're going to be you're going to be um declined by galleries. I've been declined by over 40 galleries in a year. Yeah. Just just this past year. I just kept going. I said, okay, if that doesn't work, how do I make it work? What am I missing? You know, you need to critique yourself and understand that you're the only person keeping yourself back. So how do you evolve the style? Just keep doing what you love. That is the biggest advice. You know, do what you love and run with it. You're going to find people who who really love what you do and take the time to get to know them, get to know them because they're appreciating what you're doing. Find out what they do. You know, it's, it's a community. You got to build community yeah. and just, you know, um, a lot of it deals with, with childhood. You know, you, you look at things in your life surrounding you I never thought I would just be painting with Japanese brushes. I even paint my toys with those brushes because they can get to a fine point and I can I can go really tiny 
and then I can go thick with the brush and it's there is uh there's a little bit of crossover there so it is pretty nice nice um 40 rejections yeah over how, 40 rejections how did you continually convince yourself to keep going i've always wanted to be a full-time artist okay it's 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 a I'm going to do this. There's, there's no buts about it. I've always wanted to be an artist and I, I actually, I am a full-time artist now. Like I, I do this for a living and I'm the happiest I've ever been. I took a risk, a huge risk. And I just said, that's it. I'm done. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to get in my studio. And that's why within the last two weeks, everybody's seen a ton of stuff from me because it's, I'm doing it for a living. And sometimes you have to take a jump. Um, there is no perfect time to take a jump. You just have to go, okay, let's, let's do it. You know, mm, that's so good. Um, we obviously have to talk toys because that's why you're here. Although yeah. I could listen to you talk art all day. Um <laughs> Give me a glimpse of toys and your childhood. Like, how did it play a part of it? Did you have a lot of them? What was that like? Sure. Um, so I grew up with a lot of, of course, Disney animations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the the typical cartoons like Bugs Bunny and and stuff. But then as I got older, I I got into like you know, progression of like Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers to, you know, Darkwing Duck. Yeah. To then Silver Hawks and Transformers. And then, of course, my my big love, Ninja Turtles. I mean, I had every Ninja Turtle on the market. I, yeah. I had every single one. That's all I ever wanted every year for Christmas. Was... We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have an engine failure. We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation. Hooray, we're saved, DOV2. Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE toys. Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures. DKE. was Ninja Turtles. I was like, that's what I want, you know? And, and so as I got older, um, I got into animation. So I started animating uh, my own cartoons. And I wanted to actually work for Pixar. Uh, Toy Story had just come out when I was in junior high. And so I just went, holy crud, what is this? This is amazing. Yeah. And so I got into animation and wanted to do that. Unfortunately, I didn't take that route. Um, if you do look at my Instagram, you'll see some animations. Because I, I still have a love for stop motion and animation. So that was a little bit of the pinnacle mm -hmm. and then I had a kid and then it just 
that brought back so much of my illustration, so much of animation. And then as he got older, I, I looked at him um, about a year and a half ago and I said, do you really like that? And, you know, this design, he goes, yeah, I like it. It's cool. And he was four years old. And I said, one day I'm going to make you this into a toy. And I did it. And when I did that, I mean, it changed my whole life, honestly, because I got to spend more time with my kid. I was working a lot. Mm -hmm. And so here I am drawing on the tablet, on the iPad, and my son can now actually draw on the iPad as well. And so he could change opacities and stuff. So it's it's gained a relationship with my son that's very, very strong. Um, but all of the past has come forward because now my son is, you know, he has He-Man toys. He has Ninja Turtles. He's got all of these toys and we're playing together. And it's like, this is the coolest thing ever, you know, like. Yeah. That, um, I mean. I don't plan on having kids, but that moment where you get to like bring your passions into that relationship with your child seems like the best in the world. It it is the best in the world. He um he paints toys with me. So you know, um he he's painted many toys with me. He's actually the whole the whole reason Agent Jupiter's around. I created Agent Jupiter for my son. Mm -hmm. and <clears throat> that whole story a lot of the story of agent jupiter came from my kid he would you know kids kids imaginations are free man they're like completely open and he's like oh this guy he comes in and he goes like this and this guy comes in and this and i'm like oh crap i need a i need a notebook this is actually really good yeah me... <laughs> well he needs this and on on one of my card backs, um, actually, on the original card back for the first edition of Agent Jupiter, there's a little character on the bottom called Aerobot. And my son actually drew that. And so I put that on the card back. And it's Agent Jupiter's little robot that flies behind his head. And my son invented that. And yeah. I just went, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that in there. That's cool. I dig it. You know, and, uh, but, you know, going back to childhood, to, to getting into animation, wanting to work for like animation houses and, and stuff to then just focusing on fine art and then having a kid just brought it all back. And yeah. it's, uh, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. I'm June is my one year mark of making toys. And I can't believe it. Like I, the community I've met, um, it's honestly out of all of the art world that I've ever been part of. Um, the toy world is the coolest, you know, community I've ever been a part of. Like people go out of their way to help each other in this community. You know, they really genuinely care about each other. And, and that is, that's a major, major thing. You know, um, because unfortunately, in the fine art world, it can get a little, unfortunately, a little hoity-toity. And I don't, at least I haven't witnessed that in the toy world, which is fantastic. You know, it's just people 
being creative, enjoying life, you know? So, yeah, that's, you know, the toy world is, um, it's the only art world that I've seen that I want to be a part of. I used to paint murals and stuff and, uh, okay. I hated, uh, I don't know. I, I just hated every bit of what I did and I just hated doing it. And, um, <laughs> I realized something was wrong when I got commissioned for a mural and I only wanted to paint from the hours of like 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. I didn't want anyone there. I didn't want to talk. And I was like, what am I doing? This is like the worst. And I just, I wanted to seclude myself. But the toy world has like pulled me out of that and like making toys with other people. Yeah, it's it's really wild because when it comes to my fine art, I'm by myself. Mm -hmm. Like, and what I'm doing, I, I can't actually collaborate with other people with it. Right. Because it, it just doesn't, it doesn't work in that way, but I can make a toy with someone, which I am actually working on a vinyl toy with a certain individual. And so, you know, doing sculpting, I'm actually doing the sculpture for the vinyl toy. And then he's producing everything else, doing all the colorways and, and everything. And um, I'm super stoked about it. Um, but I never had that type of opportunity in the fine art world that it just doesn't exist. Like, I don't know if it deals with an ego or or what. It, it just doesn't. People don't really like to collaborate in the fine art world. It it just doesn't always happen. I've seen it happen, but it's very rare. Yeah. I, uh, it's weird too when people announce, um, like when big companies announce collabs, my, my in, like my inner thing is it always goes off like alarm bells. Like, did you actually collaborate or did you just <laughs> like throw their name on it and they chose a color? Like, what was the collaboration process? And I think in working with toys, when we say collaborate, people need to hear that like, oh, I was on a Zoom call for like four hours with that person. And it happened every week until it was done. Um, those are the st- the types of collaborations that I was always interested right. in. And so it's it's cool to see. Oh, yeah, very cool to see. I've seen some collabs with a lot of toy makers that I'm like, oh, you guys worked great together. Look at the design you did. Like, this is incredible. And uh, it's, you're not going to, sometimes you need help finalizing an idea. But uh, what's also really nice with the art world, well, the toy, toy world is the fact that if I have a question about something that I'm working on, someone else may actually have an answer, Mm. you know? So it's like, for instance, you know, I I was getting into it in the very beginning and I went, where do you guys get these magnets? You know, like just the magnets itself. Like where do you buy them? Oh, get them from here. These are the sizes you need. I don't use the magnets at all. Um, I did on one figure, but it was to just connect a backpack Mm -hmm. and it didn't deal with 
with articulation itself, but that answer was given to me. And not only was it given to me, it was given to me by killer bootlegs, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I just went, holy crud. And, and to meet, to meet him in person at designer con, you know, that was awesome. It was cool to sit, stand there, just having a conversation with him and just like talking toys and design and, and so forth was, was incredible, you know, but you don't really get that opportunity in a lot of other art forms. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, I love killer. I love talking to him whenever he comes on the podcast. Um, he's interesting. Such a good dude. Yeah. And he's interesting because I would say, um, I would say that him and I aren't friends. Like, I don't know him intimately. I don't know. I don't know anything about his life other than what I've heard on the podcast. However, when we talk, there is like this kindness that comes out or this like friendship that shows itself. And I feel yeah. th I feel that a lot with um, the toy community in general. Like I may not be close friends with a lot of these people, but man, right. when we talk or when we hang out, um, there's something that forms that I haven't experienced in any other art form. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know him like intimately, like a lot about him, but I could consider him a friend in the fact of hanging out together i could hang out with him any day oh, no problem yeah. and just like talking art and and stuff and i'll show him stuff you know what i'm working on he's like dude keep going this is freaking amazing and i'm like thank you man like it's it's a it's a nice push and i think in in this community that that's very valid like you need that push to get you to that next level of like where you're going with your craft. And that mm -hmm. deals with any art form. You know, you need someone who who's been there for a long time to help boost you to that next level. Yeah. So let's talk agent Jupiter, agent Jupiter <laughs> birthed out of this, this desire to make a toy for your child, which is like the yeah. most noble of causes, right? Like I wanted to make a toy <laughs> for my own self. Um, and everything about this toy is this collaborative work between you and them. So how did you, where did this birth from? Tell me the story of agent Jupiter. Cause you've put so much behind this character. So, Oh, I, uh man agent jupiter um so a little bit of a background for the last six years i've been a space artist i'm actually um publishing a book with all the best space artists around the world um some of those guys have worked on star trek to star wars you name it um but this was a scientific book mm -hmm. so i was doing a lot of space art um at comic conventions, I was selling astronomically accurate space art. And so I've sold paintings to engineers at NASA. Um, I've had conversations with NASA about doing a solo show at NASA, stuff like that, to where um, who knows if that'll happen. Yeah. Um, they're redoing Space Center Houston inside, so it's it's kind of not possible right now, but that has always been like a dream to have like my paintings in the actual building. But yeah, 
when I was starting to get into toys, I went from doing a lot of space art during during the pandemic. And I went, man, I kind of want to merge my space art into the to into the toy world. And I went, I need to come up with a really cool character. So I started drawing it. And a lot of love for Flash Gordon came out. Yeah. You know, Flash Gordon, my love for Iron Man. So if you look at the suit and the way his symbol is, it's based off Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Like that logo is is basically that centerpiece of Iron Man. But it's the planet Jupiter. That's the color scale. Okay. And so I went, okay, how how do I build this? And so I took my knowledge from painting astronomical art to start writing the story. And I started telling my son the story with this character and my son is very very big into superheroes like he was known as spider-man in kindergarten every teacher called him (laughs) spider-man because my son wore a spider-man hoodie every single day of school Mm -hmm. and has loved spider-man since like two years old and so Thursday night, 7 p.m. YouTube Live, it's Toys Alive! Toys Alive! Toys Alive! Toys Alive! There's way cool artist unboxing. No Accounts under a thousand followers. What? Art out there for 30 bucks or less. Collector spotlight. Ooh, Current and upcoming shows and drops. <laughs> Giveaways. What? Short chats with artists. <laughs> News from the hood. Yes. 100% indie all the time. That's, That's Toys Alive! Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. He's seen all the Avengers and all this stuff, and I'm watching my kid play. And I went, I need a really cool superhero that can beat the crap out of Thor. Like, yeah. what can we do here? It's like, I need something where my son is playing, and he's like knocking the crap out of these dudes. And so I took the idea of like, a space fantasy and I went, okay. And I started looking at old comic books from the fifties and seeing the antennas coming off the helmet and stuff. And I went, okay, so I I want to have like a fifties feel, Mm. but give it like an eighties color way. So like, how do I mix this? And at the same time, I'm sitting here watching Mandalorian. So like, the helmet came into play of like, you don't see his face. And it just started to build. Yeah. And so the first drawing of Agent Jupiter, my son actually found it this week. And he goes, who's this? And I went, that's the original Agent Jupiter. He actually had a face and he just had the helmet with the antennas coming off the side. He had a ray gun. He had all of this stuff from like the 50s. And now... He's gone through a crazy progression to having like superpowers where he could fly and shoot lightning and stuff. And I just went, oh man, it sounds too much like Magneto. I need to actually like reassess this design because I went, I kind of want to have him with some, some sort of short sword and a little dagger 
but I don't want him to have the ability to actually fly. So let's give him rocket boots. That brings him back to like the fifties of like yeah. rocketeer. And so I put the boots on his feet because I was looking at the original design and I had rocket boots and I went, that's so freaking cool. No one has rocket boots anymore. on like superheroes. <laughs> and I went, okay, this is cool. And it just, it just evolved. Um, and then I just started telling the story. So how the story goes is that Agent Jupiter is a secret agent. He works for the agency. And him and four other guys become part of the Jupiter Project. And so they are on the moon Europa, on the base on Europa. And they are sent, these five guys, to Jupiter, to this medical ship that's in the upper atmosphere of Jupiter. And they are going there to be experimented on to become basically super agents. And so good. they go, they're going through all of these tests and supposedly, you know, quotation marks, the other four guys die. The way the comic book shows it is that these guys are either getting electrocuted, they're getting injected with, all of them get injected with a serum that I never say what's in it because I, I want to leave that open. It's basically there's something that's in the atmosphere of Jupiter that they use to build them into superheroes. And so jupiter agent jupiter is the last one to survive all of these experiments well he's using all of his abilities he's fighting this uh this bot this fighting bot because i thought it would be so cool to have a scene where this this you know secret agent is fighting a robot to show his abilities i just thought that would be a cool scene in the comic yeah. book and i just went all right, so he's got a sparring bot and he's fighting this, you know, sparring bot. And and he's using all of this stuff to fight as a storm comes in and starts to mess with the whole medical ship. Well, he gets knocked out. There's actually a doctor that helps him get into a pod and they launch off. The thing is, is the agency blames Agent Jupiter for screwing up the whole ship and killing all these people, and he's on the run. So I took that idea from, like, Born Identity of, of like, a secret agent running from the agency. Yeah. What you find out is the agency is not run by humans anymore. It's run by something else. And so... The whole first book is him on the run, and then Merc the Mercenary, which is another character, is after him. And so it's a battle between them two, and then there you go. But <clears throat> I don't want to go into it. I don't want to tell like the ending or anything, but yeah, it's it's a long, it's an ongoing story. Um there is a a plan to create a comic book called the Jupiter Five, which is um just a just a really 
cool, cool idea. And I, I got that from every comic book you could think of, like X-Men. And you always have like five characters, like yeah. Silver Hawks and like all of these books. And I just went, I want something like that. But Agent Jupiter has to be part of that group. And so you'll probably find out about Nim. Nim is actually in the first comic. And so she's a, she's like a tech techie, mm-hmm. you know, very smart with computers. So she builds the robot, the misfit Knight, which is actually something that helps agent Jupiter get past Merc in one scene. So he's, uh, I got the idea of the misfit Knight from real steel, the boxing robot movie. Nice. Um, yeah. And I went, oh, I need a robot that I can like beat the crap out of people. Like, and, but they they fight in an arena on another planet. And so the Misfit Knight has Japanese swords. And so he he fights with that and is controlled by Nim. Okay. So Nim is like a very small portion. She has a separate book that. I'm I'm trying to illustrate at the same time, which is called Nim and Toshi in the Planet Ghoul. And that is a full-on same world, but I'm trying to kind of merge the character designs so they all fit. Yeah. But that's that's it. You got so much world building in there, which is my favorite thing. When a comic <laughs> book or an artist does world building correctly or like puts any kind of effort into it. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in for all of it. Because there's something about this could only come from your brain. Agent Jupiter is not coming from someone else. It's your brain. It's it's all of my inspirations of childhood into my own story that I want to share with my kid. And it's and that is literally what it is. Like my son talks talks Agent Jupiter every day. He, you know. Of course, he has the original, the very first toy I ever made him. It's broken. I have I've replaced the head like four times. Yeah. But but I'm like, you have the original, dude. Like, no one else has that. It's it's scraped up. The paint's all scraped and everything. It's it's loved. And man, he he draws him every day. Like I get his homework. His homework has the logos from Nim Studios on it. Yeah. Or the way he draws people is the way the eyes are built on in Nim Studios, the world of Nim. And I and I'm just like, oh my gosh, dude. Like I've inspired my child to no end. He's drawing crap out of school. And like, yeah, he's gonna be the next Jack Kirby creating some comic book. Um, I what is so interesting, so walk me through um potential storylines that come. So, because you have um, Agent Jupiter, who is the last of this uh, medical station, flies off because he's on the run. You have so he doesn't know he's on the run. He's okay. He's, he uh, so the medical doctor is actually friends with their <clears throat> their general who did the whole contract. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is the general knows stuff that's going on in the agency that um, 
that no one else knows and it's not good. And so he's trying to get Agent Jupiter as far away from these people as possible. So he knows the the doctor over Agent Jupiter, who is actually the one building his suit. Right. So that medical doctor is the one building his suit. And Agent Jupiter has multiple suits. Nice. Um, I wanted him like Iron Man or Spider-Man with that multiple suit concept of like he's wearing this in certain atmospheres this in certain atmospheres and stuff so he is being transported away and as he's being transported away um it's like it's in a span of like a year later because at that in my world, they're able to travel from Jupiter to Earth. And so they are going to a planet, a dwarf planet that is located behind Earth's moon that follows Earth's moon's uh, orbit, same mm -hmm. orbit. You know how we always say, like, there's aliens on the dark side of the moon? Yeah. I'm actually doing that. So Good. there's an actual <laughs> planet of aliens and other creatures from all over the world on a planet that's invisible like it has a alien shield around it and it follows the same pattern as earth's moon and that's the planet ghoul and so he goes to the planet ghoul with the medical doctor who fixes him up gives him his suit and then adventure is on because they come for him. They're yeah. they're on their way. So, so it's characters that we'll we'll be seeing hopefully in the future. Medical doctor, Nim. You'll see Nim. You'll see um, Merc the mercenary. Um, hold on, let me let me see. There's a Falcon type of character. I think I showed you that one. Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah. Uh, so that character was very much um, really like Fantastic Four feel for me. Mm -hmm. um, so you will have him. He's actually one of the Jupiter Five. So it's Agent Jupiter, Nim, uh, the Falcon character. Um, I think I call him Falcor, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Um, I haven't really dug deep into him yet, but I wanted a character with these giant bird wings. And I just yeah. thought, how cool of a toy would that be? Like just full on big giant bird wings. And uh, so those three. And then um, I can't list who else is there because it'll mess up the first book. Okay. Because that's... there's characters in in the first book that are actually good. They just they're misunderstood. Yeah. So like you're thinking they're bad people, but it's like, no, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're not. They're just they're following the rules of the agency. Yeah. So it's I have a certain agent that is actually after Jupiter that is actually a good guy. And it it all just it happens where they find out and it's like, you know, deaths are faked and all sorts of stuff. So it's 
It's cool because I'll, I'll tell you one scene and I'll, I won't tell you where it's at, but it's, there is an agent up on a mountain looking down on, on these characters and they say, What is this master? Deep in the darkest corners of our earth, our digital sculptors are choosing body parts and combining them in unnatural ways. <laughs> they are making a mutant. The evolving group of worldwide toy makers has become collaborating digital sculpting and making a mutant on Instagram. <laughs> making a mutant. Learn more on Instagram. <laughs> Join Making a Mutant on Instagram, a digital sculpting toy collab. Mission complete. They're dead. Mm. And it's like, what? Like it was one of those good twists of like, oh yeah, this is this is going to be fantastic. Like, yeah, I've been working on this for a year, and it, and it's like, I'm just getting started. So it's uh, so you have Nim and Toshi, which Toshi is an alien. Um, Toshi's pretty cool looking. He's got the typical antennas like an alien, and like kind of goofy, but he's like the best pilot out of his race okay and and so his sister is the queen of the planet ghoul and so um how nim gets to the planet ghoul is she's a young kid who accidentally boards a ufo mm. and so she's chasing this creature through the woods so she's she's riding home she's an orphan and so she's riding home to go you know back to the orphanage because she's coming from school and so she's riding through these wood this wooden trail and she sees this thing in the woods and she's like what the crap is that and you know kids are always curious so they'll run towards something yeah you know so she she drops her bike and she starts running into the woods and she chases this this cute fluffy alien thing into the woods and she actually catches it and she's like oh my gosh look at this is this is this is awesome what the heck are you while while it looks like it's raining which is actually like a sleeping agent mm -hmm. well she didn't realize she actually ran into a ufo that has a hologram that looks like the woods so then when she wakes up, she's like, holy crap, what time is it? I need to go home. Where did that thing go? And she runs off. And, and that scene, she runs to the edge of the woods, and it opens up, and there's like a Loch Ness monster creature. There's all sorts of different creatures flying around over the ocean. And she's like, where am I? And she's on the planet Ghoul. And then she meets, you know, uh, Toshi in a bar. He's like, oh, I always go to Earth. You know, I tra travel to Earth all the time. And so yeah. that's her contact to try and get back to Earth. And there's a whole adventure. So it's he fakes his death because his sister is uh, taken over by 
another alien race. And so she goes, I want you to do this mission. And he dives his plane into the ocean. And so they think he died, but he's like trying to take care of all of that issue. Yeah. And so she becomes very, she earns her money by building the Misfit Knight robot. And then Agent Jupiter actually um, comes later into that story. So it, they both merge in a sense, mm -hmm. but it's it's almost the same timeline. I wanted something in the sense of like Star Wars, where certain stories are going on at different parts of the universe. Yeah. And then they all converge into one. So One of my favorite comic book series... Um was uh green lantern i think it's called blackest night and it functions oh, yeah. that way like where blackest night has its own series but then if you want to read all of it there's a little side story that happens in this comic and so that's a cool idea i do like that yeah so i wanted it to all just merge together at one point and that's that is actually where the jupiter 5 comic book comes into play yeah and there's there's so much going on there like it's 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 just a big battle at that point of them finding fighting monsters and aliens and stuff and and I wanted to bring that in there of like I wanted a story of dealing with the universe you know the universe and like outer space you know aliens and robots and just converge them all into one fun thing of <laughs> yeah which is so rad and on top of this stuff not only are you making uh agent jupiter and the toy and have been making and remaking and making and remaking um you're also sculpting other toys yeah um i it's like my my barbarian yeah which is coming out incredible and so this is uh I can't do like a full sear, like a full like edition of them. Like I want to do like a set of twenty of these, but the thing is, is they're going to end up all basically one of ones because I can't paint the bear the same way every time. It's impossible. Yeah. And so, but the whole structure, the whole design of him will be the same. Just certain paint apps just won't. So in a sense, you're actually getting a one-of-one one toy. But, I mean, this is one of the coolest toys I think I've ever made. Um, he even has bear feet. Like he's collected, you know, parts of the bear for his yeah. outfit. And But it's real leather, it's faux fur, and then it's all resin. So, so good. Um, and on top of, like, that, I've also, you've also talked about um man i can't remember what the actual name it's like the megazord looking robots oh yeah yeah and yeah that's there's a plan where that's all coming along as well have you started that one as well um i'm trying to figure out um how i want to do um the dinos all as robots and like I'm I'm thinking I'm eventually going to resin print them. Okay. Just because then they're a cleaner because I want it to be um 
I want it to be as close to like production made as as I can. Um, but gosh, those dinosaurs as robots! Oh man, like that's all Transformer inspired. That's oh man, yeah, those those are fun. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to do the um, Bronchiosaurus mm-hmm. robot just to make sure his head actually like is balanced so he stands right because he's going to have such a long neck that i'm like oh this is but they're going to be big they're going to be like 7.5s maybe eight inch figures like yeah um but yeah though those that whole thing i wanted a cartoon i basically wanted my own like dinosaur robot cartoon where they're protecting the earth kind of thing you know just like transformers in that sense uh i just was like dude i i need something really all all of my stuff is dealing with nostalgia in a lot of ways just like any other toy maker it's Mm -hmm. it's you know it i just thought it was cool i was like dude robotic dinosaurs like it's not just it's not just a dinosaur wearing machine guns and stuff like that. They literally are robots. And I just went, that goes back to me being 10 years old, drawing robots in my bedroom all day long of like, Oh, what if this robot looked like this? And you know, what if they had like missiles coming out of their shoulders and like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, yeah, I'm enticed by anything that's dinosaur related. I don't know what it is. Like the second that they come into this like real world and they have something different, like I'm into it. There's one that's happening right now called uh man, something of Eden. It's like protectors of Eden or guardians of Eden. Yeah, yeah. I know and what you're talking about. They turned all these like Dino- or these five different dinosaurs into these like barbarian esque like fighters, and they're so awesome. Yeah, anything with dinosaurs, they're, they're awesome. It. Yeah, it's it's just it's crazy because like dinosaurs are that's every kid's childhood. Yep, is dinosaurs. Everybody can relate to dinosaurs. Like it doesn't matter. Like one of my favorite. One of my favorite makers is uh, Brett, General Porpoise, with mm-hmm. his dinosaurs. And I'm just like, dude, these are so funny. They're like, it's almost comedic, but it's so good, too. Like, Yeah. And I'm going, man, you came up with some genius idea of, like, clever girl, you know, where it's this raptor in a, in a human body. And I just went, oh, it's so good. It's so yeah. good. Like. It's it's one of those he created um man, he created a line of toys, in my opinion, that's very nostalgic. It it's not just nostalgic, but it's it's something that can be around for a long time. Yeah. You know, you, I could see it on the shelf at a store and be like, dude, I want to buy that. That's that's cool. Yeah. You know. So yeah, that is incredible. Um, so I mean, with all these irons in the fire and all the (laughs) stuff that you've got going on uh, as this full-time artist, what are some of the next projects coming up that you're most excited about? Um, 
I, I basically want to um, build on Agent Jupiter. Agent Jupiter is, is, it is one of those figures for me that is very timeless. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like that could be my big break. Like I have all my other ones, but, mm -hmm. but that figure is what got noticed from a lot of people. Like I have a, I have an addition with DK toys with agent Jupiter. Never would I have thought that would have happened. I thought that was awesome, you know, yeah. to sell like an exclusive design where he has a resin cape, which was almost the death of me to do a resin cape. And then, you know, go to designer con like that. That was a big dream of mine to go to designer con, but I went as a DK toys guest artists. So like I got in and got to meet artists who I've I've wanted to meet and then new friends online of like all the guys from uh Toys Alive and seeing those guys in person and the guys in the chat from Toys Alive and and stuff like I was standing in front of Kerfloss and Death and Strawberries and then all of a sudden B to the J Brian is recording Toys Alive like live thing. And he goes, Oh my gosh, it's them. And I started laughing. And I just was like, Oh my gosh, dude, this is crazy. Like, no one knows my real name anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was just kind of like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. And then I go over and I meet Fletch and get to meet Fletch in person. And then, you know, different people who I who I really care about and like hey, these are people who are doing their thing. I, I met Peter from Killer Bootlegs, Dollar Slice, you know, and I had gotten advice from Dollar Slice and to meet him in person, see his toys, um, very inspiring that Agent Jupiter is like a major thing. I need to get that comic book done. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are asking for it and some people know more of the story than others. Um, it's kind of like, it's almost become mythology in a sense of like, I've told parts of the story to different people and it's yeah. like, one day you're going to get the whole thing. And it's, um, it's just crazy. Like the red talon is the Falcon type character. Yeah. And that one, dude, I'm ready to get to the Jupiter five story. Like there's, there was a part of me that went man, what if I just came out with the Jupiter 5 first? Mm -hmm. And then I did a backstory with Agent Jupiter, but I just went, no, man, I, I need to tell tell this story. And I was talking to Colin, who is has been toys, and he just went, dude, you need to get it out there. It, it needs to get out there. This is, this is too good. He knows pretty much almost the whole story. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, holy crap this is this is amazing and now what it is is i'm improving on him i want a full articulated character yeah. i want like he was articulated in the beginning but i want him where he's jointed and he's he's able to move i can print him on my resin printer and like package it super nice to where 
it's one of those things that sits next to Iron Man or or Superman, and he's part of that that world of comics. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I just redid the cape, yeah, so now I'm putting the that. cape on with screws, and it has that uh, has that fifties feel that that very classic Flash Gordon kind of cape feel that I'm like, oh, he's, he's, he's being fine tuned. He's, Mm -hmm. he's getting there. And, and I I finally want to get to that point where my son is laying in bed, flipping through an agent Jupiter comic book. I mean, come on. That is like, (laughs) I don't care to be famous in that sense of like other people. If I'm famous with my son, I think that's the most important thing, honestly, like it, that's what it comes down to. And to him, I am an artist. That's what he tells everybody. He's like, my dad makes toys. Does your dad make toys? It's almost like my, I have a bigger cannon than you. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just, it's crazy. Like I'm already thinking like agent Jupiter costumes, Mm -hmm. like for Halloween. Cause I think it would be so freaking cool to have like an agent Jupiter walking through a comic convention. I mean, people would be like, who the heck is that? Yeah. Because he's, he's, he's changed a little bit, but the story, basically I didn't want to use guns um, because of all the gun shooting and right. stuff going on. And when I came out with agent Jupiter, um, that shooting in the elementary school in Novaldi happened mm-hmm. like two weeks before I released the toy. And so I removed the gun because I just went, oh, my gosh, man, this is a huge issue in Texas. I don't need a character with a gun at a convention. And so I changed it. And so he now has a short sword. And I got this short sword idea from Peter Pan. And I just thought, this is cool. He's like flying in the air. Um, I'm not sure if I've shared that character with you, but um, I might have. But the um, Sporzoids, did I ever show you that one? No. So it's an alien that encompasses a robot body, and they're massive. And so Agent Jupiter fights them. And so I thought, oh, he's going to rock it up to him and stab him and, like, fight him with a sword. And, like, uh, one thing I haven't shown, which I'll, I'll announce here, is Agent Jupiter actually is missing his ar- his hand. He has a metal fist that shoots off All his right. body like a rocket, and that's how he punches people from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> and then it flies back and connects to his body, and uh, that was a new, brand-new feature. Like, a few weeks ago, my son was like, what if he has a hand that just rockets off and i went dude that's so good i'm gonna have to okay so how does how did he lose his arm well he's a secret agent so yeah um there's those things it's it's building on agent jupiter it's building on um creating actual paintings of agent jupiter yeah in his world where i release the prints as you know prints and then you can buy the original and just trying to build that that nostalgia of of his world and and uh 
that that's where I'm at. It's Dang. all the other things are are fun to break my break my memory of like kind of give me a break from certain things. And so I'll create other little toys just to like, but those give me new ideas for what I'm actually trying to focus on, which is, which is agent Jupiter. Which is like, that's, I wish people understood, like some people do, but it's so much work to like put into a character to all the comic book to even get to a point. Yeah, when you get to a point of the character being done, then it's like, I need to produce, then I need to paint, then I need to package, then I need to get it out, then I need to, and it's just a nonstop thing. Yeah, I've I've been looking at packaging. Um, so I'm going to take a card back, and I'm going to cut the card back in half, and I'm going to put the, bl- the blister on that so it's half of a card back but it's still a card back Mm -hmm. because i was thinking space on people's walls well now you can put two toys on one wall that would just be for one toy Mm -hmm. and so it's like okay so i'm thinking of packaging and i'm thinking of like you know t-shirt designs and like stickers and you know prints and actual paintings to where you guys get to watch me live paint agent jupiter in this world fighting a sporzoid you know very 50s style where he's flying up and he's just wham and it's just these giant robot alien things that have tentacles out of their hands and and stuff and it's like i want to show that world it's it's that for once, I it took a long time. I'm dealing yeah. with style. Let's go back to style. Mm-hmm. I was doing something along the lines of the world of Nim and Ghoul in the beginning. But when Agent Jupiter happened, I fell into it. And I, I kept it growing. And it became its own thing. And I it naturally happened. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in the fine art world. It naturally happened. I just had to take the risk of saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do. NIM Studios was all about monsters and robots. It had no Agent Jupiter. It took, it took, uh, man, it took like, because NIM Studios has been around for two years. Mm-hmm. But like the first year, was all just digital art and i wasn't gaining any traction at all and then i came out with agent jupiter and it just hit people it just hit that nostalgic who the heck is this and it was something i have a personal connection with yeah because it's my personality sharing it with my son and so that's that's where i'm going so Which is awesome. It's and it's so crazy. Um, I get pictures from you all the time about updates, and it's awesome to see that those are coming out. Now to have this interview that backs it up with your galleries that have your work, and um, is there anything coming up with those? Are you sending more work? Are you? What's that look like? Uh, so I have a solo show in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, awesome. in August. 
<clears throat> so that is a major thing. Um, in June, June is like a huge month for me because if I get in with that uh, David Shepard's wildlife, um, you if you win first place, you win Wildlife Artist of the Year through BBC. Okay. And it's a $10,000 pocket prize. Now yeah. you get half of that. The other half you donate to a wildlife conservation, which is like so awesome in my opinion. Um, with that, I'm being published in a magazine called JH Style Magazine for my fine art um, in June. So you can either buy the copy or you can look at it online. And so the gallery has like a little booklet inside and i'm one of those pages and awesome. that was a huge bucket list checkoff of i finally got published in a magazine with my art um and then august 12th in jackson hole wyoming is my solo show and then the gallery so that's with horizon fine art gallery and then um mystic osprey gallery is my new gallery that i'm part of and they're discussing a solo show. It, that'll probably be next year, I'm thinking. Um, and so it's just sending artwork out to them. And then on the side of all of that, it's building NIM Studios yeah. and trying to find a way to do DesignerCon as my my first time as a booth. Um, I definitely want to do it. Um, it's a little odd that it's two weeks before Christmas, but yeah it's it's still like an amazing opportunity to do that because um when i presented agent jupiter last year um at comic fluzo which is actually this weekend but i'm not going to be at comic fluzo the comic convention in houston this year i kind of wish i did but I'm not. It's, yeah. It's kinda, I've been there for like six years in a row, and this is my first year not doing that convention. But last year, I presented my very first handmade toy. I was the only toy maker in the whole convention. I sold out all 20 toys in a day and a half. And I had a guy come up to me, and he goes, a friend of mine works for Pixar. I'm going to give him your business card. And I went, say what? And he goes, no, I'm serious, dude. This is such a good character. This is such a cool story. And he grabbed my business card and he, and he texted me later. He said, I talked to my friend. I'll let you know how it goes. And never heard anything back about it. But just that was like, holy crap, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, and I had space art there being sold. I barely sold any of it. I sold all of my Agent Jupiter prints and my, you know, because I have digital paintings of them. Mm -hmm. And then Agent Jupiter toys. And to sell out in a day and a half of 20 toys, two weeks before, I was teaching myself how to make toys. Yeah. Literally, like, I spent a whole week teaching myself how to make a 3.75-inch figure by watching killer bootleg videos and, like, every toy maker on Instagram and like nitpicking what they're doing and then teaching myself how to mold, make silicone molds and cast resin all within a, a week. And then a week and a half later, I'm doing a convention with full carded figures, 
and everything. And I just went, holy crap. Yeah. Well, I guess I was into this. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That like, I'm excited to see where it goes and where, like how this world develops and everything. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. It, it, I think it also helps that the community is so open to my ideas. Um, my, my wife was watching a toys alive when they interviewed me on toys Alive, And she was, I was in my studio, which is outside in my, my shed. And then she was inside in, in the bedroom and she's watching me on YouTube. And she, when I was done, I, I walked inside and, and she just went, it's so surreal, like to watch you on YouTube. And then like the next episode, well, the episode before that, they're talking about Nim Studios on on YouTube. And she's standing next to the guy who created Nim Studios. And she just she she gave me a hug and she just went. You're finally getting the recognition that you you've needed for all of these years the gallery stuff didn't come until like november of mm -hmm. last year i was already set to just work on them studios but i was still somewhat trying for the fine art world and i was like okay this this could pay my bills while i get to work on them studios yeah. like i could send all of these paintings off to pay the bills and nim studios is my baby and so it's, you know, to have a wife who's very supportive of what I do and just going, uh, I think this is your year. This is your year to be a full-time artist. This is your year. People are just gravitating towards you. And I'm like, it's so crazy. Like, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Like, and it, it came from this character. And I think a lot of people relate to the fact that I made it for my son. And, and that's the whole backstory. Like I made it for my four-year-old, five-year-old son, who is now about to be seven years old, who technically has grown up around Agent Jupiter. And so, you know, when he's older, he's, you know, and someone asked him, you know, what inspired you to make this character? <laughs> <laughs> he, it would be really awesome for him to say, oh, my dad created Agent Jupiter. You know, yeah. like it's it's one of those things. I'm hoping I'm hoping it's around for a long time. I, I yeah. really do. That's it's one of those characters for me that I want it to be as cool as Spider-Man. I want it to be in Target. I want it to be in Walmart and like toy stores and like people walk in. Oh, have you seen the new Agent Jupiter toy? look at the new suit. Look at how he's got this and this and this. Like, I want that. Like, yeah, that is something I, I really want. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, I'm, I grew up in the eighties, you know, to see, to see the toys that were made then to what they're made now there. There's a lot of flaws in the toys now that, I'm like, oh, they could be better toys, you know? Yeah. So it's at the same time of building up NIMS Studios, I, I met Kevin Eastman. Mm -hmm. And to to meet the guy who created your 
favorite thing growing up. Yeah. And find out he's actually a legit cool dude. Like I just he signed my son's onesie, mm-hmm. his Ninja Turtle onesie, and he drew Michelangelo, which is my favorite character, onto the onesie. He drew a, the turtle and yeah. signed his name. And I just went, Oh my gosh, dude. Never watched frame that. this. Yeah. Um this could pay for college. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, but I would, but honestly, son, don't ever get rid of this. <laughs> like, yeah, this is amazing. And, but it's, I've gotten to meet people who I've admired over the years because of the toy community, like artists who like attack Peter, Peter yeah. Santa Maria. I got to meet him. I talked to him almost on a daily and it's like, dude, that's crazy. Like how everything comes full circle. And, you know, they say don't meet your idols, but it's, it's almost like sometimes, man, sometimes it's a nice. Thing. Yeah. Dude. That That's so good to hear. So um, as we come to the end of every episode, I have every artist plug everything, um, but we just ran through all the stuff but how can uh, I think a, a good piece is like um, how people get to you? How do people, if they want to get a piece of your work or if they want to collaborate, how do they do all that kind of stuff? Uh, just go to nim, N-I-M dot studios for Instagram. Um, that is the only place for you to find me right now. Um, the website is being rebuilt. So, um, I wanted an animated entrance to my website, so I'm working on that. So I think it's going to be super cool, but nim.studios, uh, you can DM me. Uh, if you have any questions about anything, you can message me, you know, if you just want to talk, if you need somebody to talk to, send me a message. I'm always open to helping anybody out because I'm learning as well. You know, we're all learning how to make stuff. We're all growing. And it's, you know, I always will share new things with everybody just because I'm excited. It's it's an excitement. Um, like my new cape design, I shared that with multiple people because I just went, hey, check this out. If you want to use this, go ahead. Yeah. You know, go ahead because this is a fun way of putting on the cape, which you could remove. And just put the screws in there and it's part of the suit and it looks awesome. Um, but send me a DM if you want to do commissions or any sort of like collabs. I'm open to collaborations. Um, I have, of course, my favorite toy makers out there. Um, I am a huge fan of your toy. Hey, your Astro thanks. guy is oh, he's so good. So good. And Thanks. he's so clean looking and I'm I'm gonna have to get one. Um we are definitely going to have to figure out a way. I gotta get you an agent Jupiter, so that is a major thing I need to do. Okay. So I I already have one casted, so it's it's just Dope. getting painted up and I definitely want to send you one as a as a big thank you as uh being so supportive of, of my stuff. So Dude, of course, of course. I I think following this at some point, I want to jump on a call and let's like 
talk stories of Astron and Nim and Agent sure. Jupiter and all these things and figure out because there's nothing better than figuring out with a, a group of like, does this story work? If not, how do I work it? You know, and and I agree with that. Um, I've I've told a lot of the story of Agent Jupiter to people, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what do you think? And they go, I like it, but what if you had this? And I'm like, oh, that's actually really smart. Okay, yeah. my 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 wife's cousin, <clears throat> um, <laughs> the man is actually a rocket scientist for real, like legit. Yeah. And I was telling him what I was in- injecting into these characters on the in the ab- upper atmosphere of Jupiter. And he went, no, 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 no. You never say what you're injecting them with. <laughs> he said, you don't say it. You leave it open. Because if you leave it open, then people don't really know what it is. And so, like, the imagination is even bigger because they go, well, what's in it? How did it get to the and so he goes, that's my favorite when when an artist or writer doesn't give everything and leaves things open. Right. And I went, that's so smart. Okay, I'm gonna do it that way. And we discussed like atmosphere of Jupiter. And you know, if you were to go further down, the ship would explode. And that's what ends up happening is it loses its orbit. And goes deeper and just starts crushing and blows up. And so, but I had to look at that as a scientific aspect and understand, you know, there's hydrogen, there's all these other things in Jupiter. Yeah. How could that ship survive? And you could actually survive in the upper atmosphere for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, so. Absolutely. I'm open to discussing, you know, your character and see see what we can do. Dude, thank you so much for coming on Toys on Tap. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me.